Welcome to today's episode of the Professional Book Nerds Podcast. To get all of our announcements out of the way at the top, make sure you follow us on social media. We are at Pro Book Nerds on Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. You can also send us a note at any time using the email address professionalbooknerds at overdrive.com. We would love to hear from you if you have feedback, episode ideas, and don't forget to send in your 2023 reading challenges. I think those are all the things off the top. We are here to talk about November book picks. Joe, hello. Hi, Emma. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure that's everything. <laughs> I think so. Although like it's a Monday and our brains are, I feel like, still in weekend mode. <laughs> <laughs> scrambled. A little scrambled. The coffee hasn't hit yet. Mm, there's not enough coffee in the world today. Yeah. So we are feeling we're admittedly heading into a little bit of a chaotic season. We're both <laughs> um having some time off work, having a bunch of things going on. So um, I'm excited that we're here, though, to chat about our November book picks. Maybe it will ground us, center us. <laughs> get us ready to get through this week. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> no, I love these episodes because it challenges me to find different things for my TBR and to get to share with everyone. So it's always a good time. Yeah, I think we have some really fun things on this list. We have a long list of picks for folks today. November is on fire with releases. November is a busy month and we're embracing it. I think we each have 10 books today. Plus we should dive in and start off with our author interviews to mention. Just as a note, we have two wonderful interviews coming for you this month. I think you may have heard of this one, but it is Iron Flame by Rebecca Yaros. Emma will be talking to Rebecca. Hopefully you love hearing about the sequel to her TikTok sensation book, The Fourth Wing. I know I'm dying to hear that interview. And then I will be talking to Naomi Alderman about her book, The Future. So both of those books will be releasing in November. Yay. And so we're not going to spend tons of time talking about each of those, but we are extremely excited for the release of those books. So yeah, check out those conversations to hear more about each of those titles. Correct. If you want a description, the author will tell you. (laughs) Yeah. With that, let's start off our picks. Joe, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, totally. My first pick is The Fiction Writer by Jillian Cantor. This book will be out at the end of the month on November 28th. The once rising literary star Olivia Fitzgerald is down on her luck. Her most recent novel, a retelling of Daphne du Maurier's Rebecca, was a flop. Her boyfriend of nine years just dumped her, and she's battling a bad case of writer's block. So when her agent calls her with a high-paying ghostwriting opportunity, Olivia is all too willing to sign the NDA. At first, the right-for-hire job seems too good to be true. All she has to do is interview Henry Ash Asherwood, a reclusive mega-billionaire, twice-named People's Sexiest Man Alive, who wants her help in writing a book that reveals a shocking secret about his late grandmother and Daphne du Maurier. But when Olivia arrives at his Malibu estate, nothing is as it seems. The more Olivia digs into his grandmother's past, the more questions she has— And before she knows it, she's trapped in a gothic mystery of her own. With as many twists and turns as the California coast, the fiction writer is a page-turner that explores the boundaries of creative freedom and whose stories we have the right to tell. So again, that is The Fiction Writer by Jillian Cantor out November 28th. This is a romance suspense thriller. I really brought a pick for both of us. This is giving Verity, if I'm honest. Yeah, totally. The whole like ghostwriter thing, Mm -hmm. the potential like romance between the ghostwriter. I assume this like hunky 
billionaire. People's sexiest man alive twice. (laughs) And also giving, I just, I mean, it's our go-to, the Gothic coastal. I know it was set in Maine, but it's giving a little like only one left just because of the like past older generation story. Anyways, this sounds cool. No, totally. It's like the strange amalgamation of everything we like to read and coming off of our haunted house episode. I'm still always looking forward to a Gothic (laughs) Yeah. And the cover is the cover is literally giving West Coast version of Riley Sanger's The Only One Left. It really is. Like that is the California adaptation. Exactly. (laughs) My first pick is not a thriller. It's a young adult romance. This is a book I may have mentioned previously on the podcast, but Check and Mate by Allie Hazelwood comes out November 7th. I was lucky enough to read this book over the summer and it was absolutely fantastic. So any Allie Hazelwood readers, if you're a little bit worried about it being young adult, don't worry. This was absolutely perfect. Uh, There were a few moments where I was like, wow, this book is sexier than what I read as a teen. (laughs) But anyways, I digress. Um, This book follows Mallory and Nolan. Mallory's main priority is absolutely not chess. Um, She's got to do whatever she can to take care of her mom and two sisters after the game of chess absolutely ruined her family four years ago. But in a last-ditch effort for her best friend as they're graduating high school, Mallory agrees to play in a charity chess match. She ends up facing the actual current world champion chess player, Nolan Sawyer, and she wipes the board and wins. Nolan's loss against an absolutely unknown rookie chess player sort of changes everything. And Nolan weirdly wants to keep crossing paths with Mallory. He's really intrigued by this mystery woman who came out of nowhere and beat him at his own chess game. When Mallory's dead end job lets her go and she realizes that the chess world is open to her with cash prizes... She's drawn back into the world of chess. She really struggles to keep this hidden from her family, who she's positive won't survive the impact of chess, uh, given some things that happened in the past. This has enemies to lovers, chess, excellent characters. This book is an absolute delight. So that is Check and Mate by Allie Hazelwood. This is her young adult debut that you can enjoy on November 7th. A bit of an updated modern day Queen's Gambit with hopefully a little less trauma, perhaps. Oh, yes, definitely a little less trauma, but right. Certainly things that they're grappling with. And yeah, chess is chess is it. Chess is hot, apparently, in the young adult. Chess is hot. But yeah, this was an absolute delight to read. It's just it's so good. So if you are at all interested in any of, you know those things, Allie Hazelwood, chess, young adult reads, even if you're not, it's a delight. My next pick, I'm doing doing something a little different because the cover caught my eye. Uh, this is a nonfiction pick. It is full of historical recipes. This is the core of an onion, peeling the rarest common food. So this is by Mark Kurlansky. Uh, He is the best-selling author of Cod and Salt. It's a delectable look at the cultural, historical, and gastronomical layers of one of the world's most beloved culinary staples, featuring original illustrations and recipes from around the world. As Julia Child once said, it is hard to imagine a civilization without onions. Historically, she's been right, and not just in the kitchen. Flourishing in just about every climate and culture around the world, onions have provided the essential basis not only for sautés and stews and sauces, but for medicines, metaphors, and folklore. Now they're Kurlansky's most flavorful infatuation yet, as he sets out to explore how and why the crop reigns from Italy to India and everywhere in between. Featuring historical images and his own pen and ink drawings, they're his, Kurlansky begins with the science and history of the only sulfuric acid spewing plant, then digs through its 20 varieties and the cultures built around them. Entering the kitchen, Kurlansky celebrates the raw, roasted, creamed, marinated, and pickled. 
including a recipe section featuring more than 100 dishes from around the world, The Core of an Onion shares the secrets to celebrated Parisian chef Alan Sanderson's onion soup, eaten to cure late-night drunkenness, Hemingway's raw onion and peanut butter sandwich, and the Gibson, a debonair gin martini garnished with a pickled onion. Just as the scent of sautéed onions will lure anyone into the kitchen, the core of an onion is sure to draw readers into their savory stories at first taste. So again, that is The Core of an Onion by Mark Kurlansky, and that is out November 7th. I was drawn by his like hand-done illustrations, the very like gouache of it all. Um, love it. I think this kind of hyper-focus on one item and look at its history is really cool. And I love a historic recipe to see what people have been doing for all these years. I'm really glad you picked this book. I've seen it for a while and it looks so cool. Like again, just digging into the history of something that is so commonplace to me. I don't know that I would have even thought like, what, why is this in my kitchen? What's the history behind it? (laughs) Right. Like pantry staple, something that's truly background imagery. Yeah. But, um, grilled onions, superiority for life. That's all (laughs) grilled over raw. (laughs) Never go wrong with a grilled onion. (laughs) Emma, what are you reading next? My next pick continues in that YA vein, and that is Betting on You by Lynn Painter. This is a book that follows 17-year-old Bailey who starts a job at a water park. So if you know me, you know I love this as a summer book setting. One of my absolute favorite films is The Way Way Back, so a water park setting is supreme. Anyways, Bailey is not happy to see that one of her coworkers at the water park is Charlie, a boy that she met on a long flight where Bailey moved after her parents' divorce. She found Charlie to be super irritating and grating, and obviously she associates him with a painful memory of moving somewhere after her parents' divorce. Oh, now here they are at the water park a year later. They're still total opposites, but they kind of find that they don't mind being around each other as much as they thought they would. They end up enjoying their chatting and gossiping sessions with each other, particularly about their other coworkers, these two that have been flirting nonstop. So Bailey and Charlie end up making a bet on the sort of will they, won't they of it all for their coworkers. Toss in a dash of fake dating, and I'm way, way sold on this book. As the feelings of these two continue to grow, they spend more time together. Uh, We also learn that Charlie has a secret involving another bet that, if revealed, might doom their relationship before it even begins. This is out November 28th. Yep, I want this on a platter. (laughs) So many of your favorite tropes right there. <laughs> it really is. It just, it sounds fantastic. So again, that is Betting on You by Lynn Painter. Adorable. Love it. Well, I have recently gotten into Cozy Mysteries. Uh, turns out that's my uh, new little fixation for, for the season. I'm finding that I'm diving between horror, thriller, and uh, like I said, some cozies for the Halloween spooky season and continuing into November. Something about fall to me just makes me want to be in Cabot Cove with Angela Lansbury. So I am bringing to you book two in the Legends and Lattes series. This is Bookshops and Bone Dust by Travis Baldry. So not only is it a bit of a cozy, it also brings in that kind of fun D&D vibe with, you know, a, a, a good little uh, a good little fantasy twist. When an injury throws a young, battle-hungry orc off her chosen path, she may find that what we need isn't always what we seek. Set in the world of New York Times bestselling Legends and Lattes, Travis Baldry's Bookshops and Bone Dust takes us on a journey of high fantasy, first loves, and secondhand books. Can't go wrong with those. Viv's career with the notorious mercenary company Rackham's Ravens isn't going as planned. Wounded during the hunt for a powerful necromancer, she's packed off against her will to recuperate in the sleepy beach town of Merck, so far from the action that she worries she'll never be able to return to it. What's a thwarted soldier of fortune to do? Spending her hours at a beleaguered bookshop in the company of its foul-mouthed proprietor is the last thing Viv would have predicted, 
but it may be both exactly what she needs and the seed of changes she couldn't possibly imagine. Still, adventure isn't that far away. A suspicious traveler in the gray, a gnome with a chip on her shoulder, a summer fling, and an improbable number of skeletons prove Merc is more eventful than Viv could have ever expected. So that is Bookshops and Bone Dust by Travis Baldry. And again, that is out November 7th. Looks like November 7th is our our big pub day of the month. (laughs) Yeah, I think so. Before the holidays at the end of the month here in the States. But I'm glad you put this Travis Baldry book on your list. I know that some of our coworkers, like Kristen, are eagerly awaiting uh, this prequel. Oh, that makes so much sense. This this looks like a Kristen pick. <laughs> it does. Uh, sort of related, maybe, is my next pick, Do Your Worst by Rosie Dannon, Enemies with Benefits. Do I need to go on? Like, that was the one sentence that got me into this book, but just kidding. That, there's, <laughs> there's more. That definitely does it. Yeah. <laughs> there's more. So Riley Rhodes is hired to break a curse on an infamous Scottish castle. Like again, these are all just things I'm absolutely interested in. It's her chance to turn her family's knack for the supernatural into a legitimate business. In what's normally a very solitary line of work, Riley is really surprised to find a handsome man at the castle, and she hopes that they can partner up until he tries to get her fired from the job. Enter Clark. He is an archaeologist fresh off a career scandal. This is his shot at redeeming his good name in the industry, and he's not going to let some curse breaker like Riley get in the way of his chance at victory. Unfortunately for them, they're both kept on the project, and they just can't seem to stop running into each other in close castle quarters. Too close, it turns out. The only thing that they're better at than arguing? Fooling around. A classic case of enemies with benefits indeed. But what happens if and when their feelings turn real? We can find out on November 14th with Do Your Worst by Rosie Dannon. That sounds great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. It's like all of my favorite things. It's like Supernatural, the show, meets uh-huh. a Scottish castle, meets like Indiana Jones, because that's what I think of with archaeology, obviously. And uh, <laughs> yeah, enemies, enemies with benefits. Yeah. Yes. It ticks a lot of boxes for you. <laughs> It does. It does. And so November 14th, you can read Do Your Worst. My next pick is The Manor House by Gilly McMillan. And this one is out on November 7th. Shocker, I know. So Gilly is the best-selling author of The Nanny and What She Knew. Uh, This is a terrifying story of what can happen after all your dreams come true. Be careful what you wish for. Childhood sweethearts Nicole and Tom are a normal, loving couple until a massive lottery win changes their lives overnight. Soon they've moved into a custom-built, state-of-the-art glass barn on the stunning crowd on the stunning grounds of Landcout Manor in Gloucestershire. They have fancy cars, expensive hobbies, and an exclusive lifestyle they could have never imagined. But this world but this dream world quickly turns into a nightmare when Tom is found dead in the swimming pool. Was Tom's death a tragic accident, or was it something worse? Nicole is devastated. Tom was her rock, and their beautiful barn, with all its smart features that never seem to work for her, is beginning to feel very lonely. But she's not entirely by herself out there in the country. There's a nice young couple who live in the manor itself, along with their middle-aged housekeeper who has the coach house. And an old friend of Tom's form school has turned up to help her get through her grief. But But big money can bring big problems and big threats. And is Nicole's life in danger as well? Nicole's beginning to feel like a little fish in a big glass bowl, surrounded by piranhas. So that is The Manor House by Gilly McMillan, out November 7th. Kind of similar in vain to yours without the uh, steamy enemies with benefits, but still. We do love an estate, a manor, house, a castle. (laughs) (laughs) We, We love a trip the English countryside. <laughs> yes, that is undeniable. 
My next pick continues on in the young adult vein. Apparently, I have a lot of YA picks this month, but I'm excited. I do love a good YA read. And this is the Light Lark series, book two. So Alex Astor is back with Nightbane. This is fantasy. It's thriller. It's young adults. Need I go on? I will. Um, but spoilers ahead, obviously, if you have not read book one, Light Lark, so skip ahead a bit. But we get the next installment of the Light Lark series on November 7th. Isla Crown has secured the love of two powerful rulers, as naturally you do, source of situations. And she's broken the curses that plagued the six realms for centuries, but few know the true origins of her powers. Now, in the wake of a crushing betrayal, Isla finds herself hungry for distraction, preferring to frequent Lightlark's seductive haunts instead of embracing her duties as the newly crowned leader of two separate realms. Worse, her fellow rulers haven't ceded victory quietly, and there are others in Isla's midst who don't believe her ascent to power was earned. As certain death races toward Lightlark and secrets from the past begin to unravel, Isla must weigh her responsibility to her people against the whims of the most dangerous traitor of all, her heart. I love it. This just has all the things that you want in book two of the series, I think, and hope. Nightbane by Alex Astor will be out on November 7th, and I cannot wait to see where these characters go. We love a series moment. I know... It, we talked about this the other day. Once again, we have all these bookish conversations when we're not recording, but uh, we talked about how for a long time it felt like everything was a standalone and now we're getting back into the world of series books. So always love seeing what's coming next. Um, and I see your YA and I raise you a YA. My next pick is a YA one as well. I know I'm usually chocked full of them on my list. This is Only She Came Back from previous guest on the podcast, Margot Harrison. You may remember Margot's pretty popular on TikTok. She does retro book reviews. She tells story about her hippie mom, all sorts of fun. And she writes a mean YA thriller. So this one is out on November 14th. This is a chilling thriller about an unlikely friendship between a true crime fan and a former high school classmate suspected of murdering her influencer boyfriend, perfect for fans of Holly Jackson and Courtney Summers. Two great names right there. On July 28th at 6.30 p.m., Kiri Dunsmore walks out of the desert wearing her boyfriend's sweatshirt covered in his blood. Dazed and on the verge of unconsciousness, she tells a cashier that he's still out there and most likely dead. The disappearance of Callum Massey, a survival guru with hundreds of thousands of YouTube followers, rocks the nation, and Kiri is a prime suspect. Back in Kiri's hometown, true crime fanatic Sam is completely hooked on the case, especially now that she recognizes the suspect as a shy Katie from high school. Although they didn't know each other well, that doesn't stop Sam from reaching out to befriend her old classmate. But when Kiri starts to confide in her, Sam realizes there's more to the story than she imagined. Can she keep Kiri's secrets, even though revealing them could put her where she's always longed to be, at the center of the story? So a little drama for your nerves. We love influencer, true crime podcast, nonsense drama. This is Only She Came Back by Margot Harrison, out November 14th. This looks so good. It's reminding me a little bit of Sadie by Courtney Summers for some reason. And that just might be the cover. Yes. No, it I it looks like it's got that energy to it too. Well, in the true crime element. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this looks fantastic. Yeah. And Margot's writing is is wonderful. I was going to say let me keep that alive, but actually my next pick isn't quite, but we'll get there. We'll get to my horror thriller pick. <laughs> my next one is Powerless by Lauren Roberts. So I love when this happens. Lauren Roberts documented documented her process writing this book on social media, on TikTok and Instagram. And she found a pretty large following during her writing journey, where she ultimately self-published Powerless in January of this year. And as these things happen, it's since been picked up by a traditional publisher, Simon & Schuster, and is re-releasing in November, which is why we are here. So in this book, the elites hold all the power as gifted to them by the plague. 
anyone that's ordinary, and that's capital O, ordinary, are banished from the kingdom of Isla and shunned from elite society. I always do this. Fantasy names always get the best of me. I apologize immensely for the pronunciation here, but bear with me. So Payton is an ordinary pretending to be a psychic in order to stay incognito with the elites. Her plan is going pretty well until she saves a prince, Kai. Because of her skill in saving him, she's tossed into the deep end in something called the purging trials. These trials show off elite powers in a brutal competition. Suddenly, she's got to contend with her rivals in the trials, her growing feelings for Kai, and what happens if everyone discovers that she's completely ordinary. We've got a lot going on here. So this is Powerless by Lauren Roberts. This is also out on November 7th. Bonjour. This is Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. I'm Andrew Pryor. And every week I bring you the wonderful and fabulous people involved in French food, whether they're here in France like me or from around the world. Each week we dive into a specific topic, be it a French dish, an ingredient, or a French cuisine cooking technique. My guests are all about French food. So come join me on Fabulously Delicious, the French food podcast. Bon app. My name is Cindy Burnett, and each week I interview at least two traditionally published authors on my podcast, Thoughts from a Page. We talk spoiler-free about their books, so you can listen whether you have read the book or not. And then we delve into things that you most likely won't hear about anywhere else. The importance of the cover design, why they included various aspects of the story, personal details about both the books and the author's lives, and so much more. You can find the podcast on every major platform and learn more about it on my website, thoughtsfromapage.com. Thanks so much for checking it out. I'm going to have to try and have like a fantasy fall. Yes, please. (laughs) Joe, I have so many suggestions. (laughs) You know you do. And that's the thing. Like every time you read a YA fantasy description to me, I'm like, I think that's up my alley. Maybe I need to get into that. So maybe, maybe this is fantasy fall. (laughs) I am very much in favor of fantasy fall. Well, I'll be taking your recommendations. (laughs) (laughs) I also, I love the non-traditional route to publishing. I love that, you know, she shared her whole story online. I think that kind of documentation is really cool. Had to throw that out there as well, but I'm, I'm definitely considering, uh, I think I'm going to do Fantasy Fall. (laughs) My next pick, I am now kind of in the YA portion of my list, or at least I'll be jumping around with a little more of it. Another YA thriller, shocker, I know, but this is No One Left But You by Tosh McAdam. This cover got me. It's very striking. And uh, this is a story about a trans teen swept up in a whirlwind friendship with lethal consequences in this taut YA thriller for fans of, oh, imagine that, Sadie, Andrew Joseph White, and HBO's Euphoria. So uh, we, we love those descriptors. Before. Newly out trans Max is having a hard time in school. Things have been tough since his summer romance Danny turned into his bully. This year, his plan is to keep his head down and graduate. All that changes when new it girl Gloss moves to town. No one understands why perfect, polished Gloss is so interested in an introverted skater kid, but Max blooms in the hothouse of her attention. Caught between romance and obsession, he'll do whatever it takes to keep her on his side. After. Haircuts, makeovers, drugs, parties, it's all fun and games until someone gets killed at a rager gone terribly wrong. Max refuses to believe that Gloss did it. But if not Gloss, then who? Desperate to figure out the truth in the wake of tragedy, Max veers dangerously close to being implicated, and his own memories of that awful night are fuzzy. Both sharp-edged thriller and moving coming-of-age, this gorgeously wrought novel is perfect for readers who want stories with trans characters front and center. So that is No One Left But You by Tosh McAdam, and that is out November 28th. Twisty, turny, before and after setup uh, with maybe a bit of unreliable narrator thrown in there. Sounds like a good time to me. That sounds like a great time to me. And (laughs) continuing that theme is my next pick. We've gotten to it is Good Girls Don't Die by Christina Henry. 
So this is my horror thriller suspense pick for November. Celia wakes up in a house that's supposed to be hers. There's a little girl who claims to be her daughter and a man who claims to be her husband. But Celia knows this family and this life is not hers. Allie is supposed to be on a fun weekend trip, but then her friend's boyfriend unexpectedly invites the group to a remote cabin in the woods. No one else believes Allie, but she's sure that something about the trip is very, very wrong. And Maggie. Maggie just wants to be home with her daughter, but she's in a dangerous situation, and she doesn't know who put her there or why. She'll have to fight with everything she has to survive. Three women, three stories, only one way out. This will keep readers guessing until the end in Good Girls Don't Die by Christina Henry out November 14th. Listeners can't see me, but I am cheering and like (laughs) fist pumping in the background. This was going to be on my list, but I saw it on yours. So glad it's here. Sounds so good. It sounds so good. And I do really enjoy that sort of like, I mean, we don't yet know what it is, but it's almost like Freaky Friday of it all. Like lying up kind of a thing. So I'm really interested to see how that pans out for these characters in what I'm sure is a terrifying and gripping read. Oh, it's going to be ooky spooky. I cannot wait. Anything that's like, I still haven't watched Don't Worry Darling, but it has that kind of like, how did I end up in a different life? I don't think the movie's for me. That's why I haven't watched it. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, I love I love the body swap. All right, moving into a another YA pick, but this one is a YA romance. I'm, you know, dipping my toes in now that I now that I read romance. <laughs> this is Ren Martin Ruins It All by Amanda DeWitt. And this one is out November 7th. Truly busy day. This is from the author of Ace's Wild, a heist. It's a hilarious and compassionate romantic comedy for fans of Casey McQuiston and Netflix's Love is Blind. Now that Ren Martin is student council president, on a technicality but hey it counts, he's going to fix Rapture High. His first order of business, abolish the school's annual Valentine's Day dance, a drain on the school's resources, and general social nightmare, especially when you're asexual. His greatest opponent, Leo Reyes, vice president and all-around annoyingly perfect student, Leo has a solution to Ren's budget problem, a sponsorship from Buddy, the anonymous, not a dating app, sweeping the nation. Now, instead of a danceless senior year, Ren is in charge of the biggest dance Rapture High has ever seen. He's even secretly signed up for the app for research, of course. But when Ren develops capital F feelings for his anonymous match, things spiral out of control. Ren decided a long time ago that dating while asexual wasn't worth the hassle. With the big night rapidly approaching, he isn't sure what will kill him first. The dance, his relationship drama, or the growing realization that Leo's perfect life might not be so perfect after all. In an unforgettably quippy and endearingly chaotic voice, narrator Ren Martin explores the complexities of falling in love while ace. So that is Ren Martin Ruins It All by Amanda DeWitt, out November 7th. Fun, goofy romance for you. Yay. A little bit of levity after some creepy crawly picks. Breaking up the horror and creep factor uh, only to go back to it before I wrap up my list. <laughs> I know. And actually my next one is a little bit of a mystery historical, but uh, you'll see. So, uh, you know, I don't normally do historical fiction. This book looked absolutely too good to resist. This is Enchanted Hill by Emily Bain Murphy. So some keywords that hooked me. Undercover, glittering mansion, California coast, 1930s Hollywood, romance, mystery. Okay, so if you want a little bit more than those keywords, the year is 1930 and Cora McCava is posing as a maid at Hollywood magnate Truman Bird's legendary estate. These are some names. Uh, She's closing in on the damning evidence she needs for a high-profile client. She's an aspiring private investigator, so Cora was trained by her father, a former prison guard at the notorious Pelican Island, where Cora grew up surrounded 
protected by hardened criminals, which is why she recognizes Jack Yates as soon as he walks through the door. The last time she saw him was on an ill-fated night that changed the course of her life and still haunts her more than a decade later. Cora never expected to see Jack again, and now a single misstep could cause both their secret identities to come crashing down. They strike a tentative truce to help each other during a week of parties overflowing with champagne and caviar, but there are puzzles hidden in every corner of Truman Bird's labyrinthian estate, and if Cora is to finally learn the truth about Jack Yates, she must unravel a sinister history that the rich and powerful will do anything to keep concealed. Filled with intrigue and old Hollywood glamour, Enchanted Hill is an unforgettable historical romance set in a world you won't want to leave. This is perfect for fans of the Molly Murphy mysteries, Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo, and Kate Morton books. You can read Enchanted Hill by Emily Bain Murphy on November 7th. Again, the big release day in November. (laughs) seemingly the only release day at this point. <laughs> no, I, I see why that one hooked you. Uh, it definitely, definitely speaks to me too. My next pick is Gorgeous Gruesome Faces by Linda Cheng. This one is out. Oh, can you guess, Emma? It's out November 7th. <laughs> so this is a story about a cutthroat K-pop competition that leads to a dark obsession in this twisty horror romance perfect for fans of She is a Haunting. Sunny Lee is on the top of the world. She's one-third of Sweet Cadence, the hottest up-and-coming teen pop group, alongside her new BFFs, Candy and Mina. The three are inseparable as they ride their way to the top of the charts, even when Candy and Sunny fight to resist the growing spark between them. But when a shocking scandal breaks, the group is suddenly torn apart. Then, the unthinkable. Mina dies tragically right before Sunny and Candy's eyes, and Sunny suspects the dark and otherworldly secrets she and Candy were keeping may have had something to do with it. Now, for the past two years, Sunny has spent her days longing for her former life and her nights wondering what caused Mina's death. So when she discovers that Candy is attending a new K-pop workshop right in her hometown, Sunny has no choice but to follow her there. Candy might be chasing stardom again, but Sunny is only after one thing. Answers. At the workshop, the lines between nightmare and reality start to blur as Sunny is haunted by ghostly visions and her competitors' bodies turn up bizarrely maimed and mutilated. To survive the twisting carnage, Sunny will have to expose the ugly truth behind the workshop spotlights and the sinister forces swirling around Candy. Stitched with cutting commentary on the ugly side of stardom and impossible beauty standards, lean... Linda Chang's mind-bending thriller will have readers screaming and swooning for more. So that is Gorgeous Gruesome Faces by Linda Chang, out November 7th. November 7th is a big publishing day this month. (laughs) Sheesh. It's been everything. The next book I wanted to share for November is Endgame by Omid Scobie. So the full title of this book is Endgame, colon, Inside the Royal Family and the Monarchy's Fight for Survival. So Omid Scobie is the author of Finding Freedom, which you may remember from a few years ago. It was the book that was like not written with any inside knowledge, but written with inside knowledge. Uh, Anyways, he returns with a new book about the British royal family as they navigate life after Queen Elizabeth II's passing. So the loss of this figure resurfaced a lot of longstanding doubts on the relevance of this famous family and highlighted a big lack of confidence in the institution of the monarchy as a whole. So Omid Scobie has his sources, as we know, so I'm really interested to see what he thinks about the future of the monarchy, as the family sort of seems to struggle to adapt to a world without the queen. So royal fans, uh, this book I think will be a great read for you for November, a great Christmas present, uh, put it on hold on Libby right now. This comes out November 28th. And again, that's Endgame by Omid Scobie. Things really changed with the Queen's passing and with Harry and Meghan being still out of things and Harry's book. And yeah, it's very different. I, yeah. And I think You've kind of seen like we've had Charles in what's the right word inducted, not inducted, 
crowned. Why yeah, am crowned. I coronation? His coronated. coronation. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and so, yeah, it's just a whole different world. I think you're really seeing, if I mean, for those that pay attention to the British Royal family, you're really seeing certain people step into their roles. Other people are sort of fading into the background. Um, but yeah, I'm really intrigued to see what the book discusses, especially because Queen Elizabeth II was such a notable figure for decades. For so it's, long. It's understandable that there would be quite a big adjustment period to a family and this sort of institution without her at the helm. Yeah, it's truly quite the transition. Okay, so here's a random one for me. My next pick is called Dolls of Our Lives, Why We Can't Quit American Girl by Mary Mahoney. <laughs> I saw this and it it just, it made me crack up. The cover is just one of the American Girl dolls just like creeping out and the play on Days of Our Lives with Dolls of Our Lives. I'm, I'm here for it. I know I've mentioned it, I'm sure time and time again, but I'm a Barbie collector and this speaks to me. Of course, I don't have any sort of kind of like uh, path with the American girls, but one of my best friends loved the books growing up, the different um, American girl books that were written. And I, of course, also love a podcast. So this program is read by the authors who are the hosts of the podcast, Dolls of Our Lives. Which American girl are you? Are you a Molly, a patriotic overachiever with a flair for drama? Felicity, the original horse girl, Kirsten, a cottagecore fan who seems immune to cholera, Samantha, a survivor complex in a sailor suit, or Josefina, who dealt with grief by befriending a baby goat. Have you ever wondered how Britney Spears or Michelle Kwan would answer that question? And why do we care so much which girl we are? Combining history, travelogue, and memoir, Dolls of Our Lives follows Allison Horrocks and Mary Mahoney, on an unforgettable journey to the past as they delve into the origins of this iconic brand. Continuing the conversations that began on their podcast, they set out to answer the lingering questions that keep them up at night. What did American Girl inventor Pleasant Rowland hope to say to children with these dolls? Was girl power something that could be ordered from a catalog, described by a magazine, or modeled in the plot lines of books? And how and why did this brand shape an entire generation? Through interviews with a legion of devoted doll lovers, a field trip to Colonial Williamsburg, a place that inspired Pleasant to create American Girl, and an exploration of their own complicated fandom, this is a deep dive into one of the 90s most coveted products, the American Girl doll. So that is Dolls of Our Lives by Mary Mahoney, out November 7th. American Girl dolls make me feel a little bit old. My goodness, because they have like a 90s doll now that's like vintage. And I know now that they do like decade dolls and the fact that it includes the 90s, who that that does something to me. It's, yeah, <laughs> but I am interested in this book for sure because obviously I grew up with American Girl dolls as well and did I had you, a Molly. <laughs> did you go and do the tea party and all that? Like, did you ever go to the American Girl doll store and we have the whole I I swear I've been to a store, but my memory is a little bit evading me right now. But it was definitely <laughs> like committed to all of the accessories. I had like Molly's bedroom, I had her desk, like I think all of those things I finally picked up from my parents' storage recently. <laughs> <laughs> so a trip down memory lane for sure. Oh. So wild. Speaking of a trip down memory lane, my next pick is Welcome to the OC by Josh Schwartz, Stephanie Savage, and Alan Seppenwall. So in 2003, we first met Ryan Atwood and Seth Cohen on a little show called The OC, which doesn't make sense because it's the Orange County. Anyways, in time for the 20th anniversary. Oh my gosh. We get this really exciting oral history of the show from the two showrunners, Stephanie Savage and Josh Schwartz, in conversation with author Alan Seppenwall. There's interviews with the cast and the crew. I am a big fan of the OC, so I can't wait to dig into more information about the show, what it was like 20 years ago. Oh, this book comes out November 28th. So you can revisit the world of the OC as well. 
20 years. 20 years. Let's talk about 20. feeling old. I know. <laughs> 20 years. The the hold that the OC had. Like it was, I feel like it was maybe, well, it wasn't unprecedented because there were a lot of big shows prior to that, like Felicity and Dawson's Creek and stuff. But this but is this definitely like one of the shows I remember. Yeah. That was just yeah a big deal. My last pick, uh, this is a book that I feel like I have seen a lot uh, as it's coming toward its release. This is Data Baby by Susanna Breslin. So the, the tagline for this is My Life in a Psychological Experiment. This is a nonfiction pick that is coming out November 7th. So we've got, it's a biography that is a look at both psychology and sociology. This is Lab Girl Meets Brain on Fire in a provocative and poignant memoir delving into a woman's formative experiences as a veritable lab rat in a lifelong psychology study and her pursuit to reclaim autonomy in her identity as an adult. What if your parents turned you into a human lab rat when you were a child? Will that change the story of your life? Will that change who you are? When Susanna Breslin was a toddler, her parents enrolled her in an exclusive laboratory preschool at the University of California, Berkeley. When she becomes one of over 100 children who are research subjects in an unprecedented 30-year study of personality development that predicts who she and her cohort will grow up to be, decades later, trapped in what she feels is an abusive marriage and battling breast cancer, she starts to wonder how growing up under a microscope shaped her identity and life choices. Already a successful journalist, she makes her own curious history the subject of her next investigation. From experiment rooms with one-way mirrors, to children's puzzles with no solutions, to condemned basement laboratories, her life-changing journey uncovers the long-buried secrets hidden behind the renowned study. The questioned at the gnarled heart of her quest, did the study know her better than she knew herself? At once bravely honest and sharply witty, Data Baby is a compelling and provocative account of a woman's quest to find her true self and an unblinking exploration of why we turn out the way we do. Few people in all of history have been studied from such a young age and for as long as this author, but the message of her book is universal. In an era when so many of us are looking to technology to tell us who to be, it is up to us to discover who we actually are. So that is Data Baby by Susanna Breslin, out November 7th. That sounds very interesting. No, totally. I get it. Because what do you even say to that? The The thought of being in a child in an experiment, but also I guess now that, well, you are a parent, but now that we are of the age of parents, I don't think I could imagine putting my kid into no a lab. Absolutely not. <laughs> It sounds terrifying, right. but right. What I meant was that this is absolutely bonkers that this existed. Bonkers that this existed, that any parents yeah. were ever okay with it. And what came from it? Right. Like, did the data serve any purpose? Did it prove anything? Did it have any benefit? Anyway, right. I, I'm, <laughs> we I'm dying to read that. Mem- yeah, we digress. Dying to read that memoir. Yeah. So for my final pick, nothing at all in common to that wild journey that we went on, but it is Wish of the Wicked by Danielle Page. We are, it is another young adult. So I was really feeling it this month. This is a dark fantasy spin on Cinderella's fairy godmother. So I love a good reimagined origin story. Here we meet Pharaoh. She's the fairy godmother. So for centuries, Pharaoh's family has served as magical advisors to the queen. But the newest queen, Magret, decides to outlaw magic and executes the entire magical family called the, the Entente. I think it's French, but again, we are really thriving with fantasy names. After this wild decision. Pharaoh is the only survivor of her family and her magic is obviously weakened beyond recognition. So she pretty much dreams of nothing but revenge when suddenly her opportunity arrives in the form of Cinderella. Cinderella is looking for true love and what better place to find true love than at a ball to find a bride for Prince Mather. 
Well, guess who Prince Mather's mom is? That's right, Queen Margaret. So can Pharaoh use this chance to get her magic back and destroy the queen? We will find out on November 7th with Wish of the Wicked by Danielle Page. I cannot wait. It is going to be a fantasy fall for sure. (laughs) And I love this dark fantasy spin on a character from a classic, Cinderella, who I don't know that we pay that much attention to, particularly. So I'm into it. Wish of the Wicked. Uh, Yeah, there's such a concept of like, oh, I'm your fairy godmother in in the zeitgeist of our culture, but never really any thought to what that might mean. Exactly. So that's it it. for November picks. We made it. (laughs) We made it. We have a lot of fun things to check out. Um, Y'all make sure you let us know what you are looking forward to in November when we post this on social media. Hit us up in the comments and share what books you'll be reading. Uh, are you going to join me in Fantasy Fall? I know Emma is, but you know, yeah. it's <laughs> fantasy year for you. <laughs> yes, it's always the season for fantasy. Thanks everyone for joining. Uh, we hope you enjoyed this episode and happy reading slash listening. Happy reading. Readers can sample and borrow the titles mentioned in today's episode on Overdrive.com and our library friends can purchase these titles in Marketplace. Professional Book Nerds is proud to be an Evergreen Podcast signature program. To learn about other Evergreen Podcasts, visit evergreenpodcasts.com. Our podcast is produced, recorded, and edited by Emma Dwyer and Joe Skelly and presented by Overdrive. To learn more, visit professionalbooknerds.com. Hi there, I'm Heather Drago. And I'm Sarah Saunders. We host the podcast, That's a Hard No, about saying no and setting boundaries. So you can become that true and empowered you that this world needs. Saying no isn't just okay. It's the key to living an authentic, fulfilling life. I'm a licensed professional clinical counselor. So while this podcast is in no way a replacement for one-on-one therapy, I suppose I know what I'm talking about. I'd say so. We talk about learning to say no and set healthy boundaries and how it impacts mental health, physical health, relationships, parenthood, and more. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and visit our website, hardknowpodcast.com. We're here to help you find your no and say it unapologetically. That's a hard note.